0: Attention! The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the entirety of the National Hockey League. Please stay tuned for further information from the Storm Cellar.
1: Hello, everybody! Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. It's a it's a chilly morning in the cellar. The heat is on, uh, but there's snow on the ground all over the place. Uh, a little bit for me, and probably a little more for Ray. Uh, can, can you beat Can you beat an inch of snow, Ray?
2: Uh, well, it certainly looks, I'm looking out the window. It certainly looks like it's trying and, uh, we our forecast is calling for a little bit of snow every day this week, even though the temperatures are a little above zero. So this is kind of a, it's kind of a weird situation, but it's, it's snowing to, to beat the band here today. Like I'm looking out the window and, uh, it's significant, you know, and here's the thing. It was this snow arrives just in time because a lot of the previous snow had melted away. Like there's whole areas where that were all green, you know, and now pew, kapow, there it is. The snow comes back to cover everything up and this is kind of how it is in Calgary, right? Uh, it just, uh, the snow drops in, melts away, drops in, melts away. It just, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Not uh uh, you, you say zero and I'm like, like that's plenty cold for snow until my brain kicks in and says, "Oh yeah," unless you're talking to all Celsius. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, kind of a kind of a snowy and and I, I want to say bleak looking out there. It's, it's kind ominous of bleak here. looking it's, it's out there. Very great. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, uh, it, you know, this is the type of weather you would have expected you know, on Thursday for, for obvious reasons, but we'll, (laughs) but we'll get into that. Uh, we've got lots to, we've got lots to break down today and stuff, but we are looking at the possibility of a guest. The storm cellar is always open and they can drop in whenever they like. And we're hoping that, uh, we've got a guest coming in, but if it doesn't happen, don't worry. We've got lots to talk about. A will yeah, be the first Lots to talk about. Yeah, 100%. So, uh l- let's get at it and, and I I'll throw this at you. How do you want to do this? Do you want to start with the good and then go to the uh, like awful or how do you want
1: how do you want to work it out? Yeah, let's let's start let, let's start with with Mr. Sebastian Aho getting oh. his sixth hat trick which moves him into sixth place or actually uh, ahead of Jeff O'Neill. I think it was, who was in sixth place and he's now in fifth place all time goals for the Hurricanes.
2: It's just unbelievable. And uh, he passed a few other uh, former Hurricanes uh, uh, in their, um, you know, hat trick collection, hat trick nights and so forth. He, he stepped past uh, Eric Cole. Uh, he's got, more than uh, Eric Cole had as well there's a few other uh players that uh, he's passing and he's climbing there's three left that he has not passed and you know what I uh, just Over for hat-tricks? fun oh, boy. for hat tricks and and I'll let you guess and you know what uh, they probably not that hard two of them are would not be too hard to figure
1: out uh, so for two I got to go Eric Stall yeah Kevin Dineen. Oh, no, but no. He, that's
2: Kevin Dineen is one of the ones he's passed.
1: Okay. And, and, and he's catching Kevin, Kevin's third all time in goals for the, for the yeah, franchise. Yeah, Amazing. Um, Ron Francis was never a big goal scorer, but he's, he's number one in franchise history. So I got to say Ron Francis,
2: Ron Francis. That's correct for the other one. But now there's one other one um, and this is, you're going to have to go way back in the time machine
1: way back like did, my did this person area. ever play for the hurricanes or was Never. he so no okay so it's i was thinking jeff sanderson um sanderson is one of the ones he's passed
0: this is gonna be what tough. about um does this person uh work for
2: espn now <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Oh. I don't. I, I, I don't. I was know thinking what Ray far. Away.
1: Um, what about no? Uh, uh Turgian. No. no. Okay, I'm, this I'm is kinda... very,
2: very tough. Very tough. Yeah. And I mean, like really <laughs> early, really early whalers. Blaine Stoughton.
1: Blaine. And Blaine I was Stoughton gonna, is the other one. I, I was going to ask you because I know Blaine is, I think, fourth all time in goals. Yeah. But it's not a name. Until I looked it up, like until I was looking up who had gold, that, that was not a name that's come up really. Um, yeah. And even in researching for the, the other podcasts, like we haven't gotten up to his area yet. So mm-hmm. um, that is not a name I am familiar with.
2: Yeah. Blaine, Blaine Stoughton was another one. He was, uh, I mean, he was a team scoring leader there for uh, at least a couple of years. He was just uh he was kind of the sharpshooter of the team until, uh, you know, un- until, you know, Ronnie Francis came along, you know what I mean? Like he was really the star of the team that they kind of built around and St- Stoughton was great. Stoughton was great. So there I, you go. You, I like uh, to learn.
1: I will. Uh, I will do a little research
2: on blame. There you go. So you uh, certainly you did fantastic. Those are the three that he has yet to pass as far as, uh, You know, as far as the hat tricks go, Uh, and he was—he was just sensational. Everything about everything about Ajo, for me, it's—it's why I he plays that two hundred foot game, and his second goal last night was the one that really solidifies everything about him, because, and and Rod kind of pointed it out after the uh you know in the interviews after the game where he's sneak he's sneaky quick you know and you know one second he you know you're you've got the puck on your stick and you're about to make that exiting pass right and then the next half second aho's in front of you with the puck going in alone like that he just Mm -hmm. showed up out of nowhere and he's great defensively. And that shot, like, it was, oh,
1: I mean, it it was, it was like the Wedgwood one from a few weeks ago. I mean, it it wasn't quite as egregious as as poor Wedgwood getting hung out to try, but
2: Uh, it was, it (sighs) was a great, yeah. the, The four check and his just, he's got a keen sense of where the puck is going to be and where the play is going and he can just he positions himself in the right spot to you know uh, either break down uh, uh, an offensive threat or he can find he can find the open positions to score how about in that in that one in the Vancouver game i'm going to go back to the Vancouver game mostly because of Vinan and Aho Teravinen gets a pass in along the boards and kind of just out of nowhere throws it in front because Ajo is streaking. Like he is flying down the center of the ice and Tara finds him just beautifully. And, and there's another goal the, that should have been the game winner. We'll mm-hmm. say that. It should have <laughs> been the game winner and, and didn't end up being that. And I just, Sebastian Ajo, it, I, it's why i regard him uh in the in the same category as as ron francis it just his full complete style and effort this is the type of player that he is this mm-hmm. is why
1: this is why i love him and put that put him back over a, a point per game for the season yep last night too and it was one of those games. Unfortunately, it was another game I didn't really get to watch. I was only able to catch the highlights. Of my recording of the game didn't work, but I mean Jordan Stahl on those first couple, right? Oh. That the heater from Chatfield just playing first pair of minutes with with slaving out, um, you know, breathe cat puts puts a right in, <laughs> puts you know puts a right on net, and then Jordan gets the tip, and then just big hustle right on that second goal. And I, you know, Ray texted me and I'm like, oh, like 2 0. Like, this is what they asked for. If if they're going to make Sorokin an All Star over a certain Marty Natchez, then light him up. Yeah. You know, and I, and I like the fish sticks. I, 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 I don't I shouldn't <laughs> say I like them. I have a soft spot for the Islanders, um, in part because of how much I dislike the Rangers and the Devils. I think True. that's part of it. You know, in and, and the New York Islanders, at least now, are the also Rands of New York. You know, this isn't the mm-hmm. '80s anymore. That's been a long time. Yeah, but you know, they got some guys on their team that I, 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 think are you know legit folks, right? Um, and the, you know, the other thing that I come back to kind of in the same vein is I felt bad for uh, Swedish Sebastian Aho last night. Oh, yeah. Who actually scored goal number? <laughs> was it was it Ajo, It was Aho's first goal, right? Well, Aho's so- first goal. They think that they both.
2: they both kind of touch the puck at the same time. So uh, you might be able as a goaltender, you might be able to stop one Ajo, but there's no way you're stopping two.
1: A couple ajo's are are dangerous. Yeah, very, very,
2: very dangerous. So yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was a great goal. And again, another, the assist to Turbo on that one, who threw it to the front of the net. It's, they're starting to get that connection back. I don't yes. know if, That's huge. if maybe I'm jumping the gun here a little bit out of, uh, based on a of just a couple of plays, but they're starting to find each other now,
1: you know, and. and, and, and we, we all need. Tavo's always kind of been a second half guy. Like he yeah. always, he's always been kind of a slow starter. And so we've seen little flashes of it. And now they're a little more frequent, you know, of that connection and I think that's maybe that's just how we kind of rolls. I don't know if, if there's a reason for it, you know, but it, it certainly feels like that's a step in the right direction. You know what I mean? Absolutely it
2: is. So, Absolutely it is. So yeah, that, that a, was a big a one, I thought. Game. Yeah, a great game last night against an important team that had to be beat. These points are more important than other games. You know what I mean? As we've right. always said, right? Uh, the Islanders fighting hard to try to climb into the, the playoffs and, uh, we need to keep them pressed down, keep everyone, keep winning those Metro games, keep winning the Metro games and extend Mm -hmm. your, your lead.
1: First game in a while, the defense didn't score a goal. I mean, Chatfield, you know, might've had that one without the deflection anyway, but Hey, you know, if you can tip it in, tip it in, right. Make sure you get it. 100%. Uh, Chatfield and Burns both get assists. Brady Shea was kept off, you know, the scoreboard last night. Um, Dylan Coglin didn't really factor into the highlights, um, but I also didn't see anybody on social media tearing him into him. So I'm yep. guessing that his game was good enough last night. He only played 12 minutes, which was almost three minutes left in DeHaan. So they, yeah. you know, they, they definitely weren't relying on him heavily, but, you know, he was able to hold the line. So, uh, yes, that's... Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take uh, it for yeah. now for a 17 guy, right? Just hold the line. Don't do anything boneheaded. It's
2: yeah. You know what? It's it's kind of it's funny and sad a little bit that when you're you when someone asks you after the game how did Coglin look, and my response was you know I didn't really notice him on the ice, and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like he had three shots on <laughs> right. net. But he didn't do anything egregious. He played his part as part of the third pairing and did it and did it well. You know what I mean? No major mistakes, smart play. Like that's what you want out of your third guy. But how about how about Chats filling in for Slaven? Now that is not easy. Especially <laughs> that's a tough draw. it is a tough draw especially considering who the partner is. Berns has
0: made me pretty frustrated.
2: Defensively. For a number of times this season. And now chats was given the job of kind of being the defensive minded dude in that group. You know what I mean? Like Burns is not the greatest defensive defenseman. He's just, he's just not. And the proof by what happened in the Vancouver game, uh, you know, a minute left and he got
0: caught. Basically, it's like he was playing
2: duck, duck, goose. You know what I mean? Besser tagged Mm -hmm. him and said goose and took off around the net and Burns followed him and never should have left the front of the net. If he doesn't leave the front of the net, that puck doesn't get out front and there's not that extra double whack to score the goal. There's just too many times where he gets caught chasing people or chasing the puck away from his position. And it's too much.
0: Yeah. And, and I so, I...
2: so, so Chatfield, basically he comes in there uh, and, and does a great job. He got a little over 20 minutes and magnificent. He played, he played very, very well and lots of great def- uh You know, he was great defensively positionally. He displayed that speed every now and again when he needed to. I mean, what more do you need? He gets in on the, on the first goal with that assist, you know, I mean, come on now. chats, fantastic. Uh, that, yeah,
1: I, to, to kind of go with, so we're kind of going to slide this into the, the, was the Thursday night game? Uh, patches is out, right? At this point, I think everybody in, in Kane's land knows patches tore his right Achilles the second time. As soon as you saw it, you just kind of knew, you know, if you've watched enough sports, you just kind of see it. And like, he's grabbing, like he didn't, you know, it wasn't a, a cut or a bump or anything. He just, you know, went to push off and couldn't and, and grabbed it. Right. Yeah. Um, Not to dismiss patches and what he's going through. Cause I feel especially awful for him per, as, you know, personally, oh. cause it seems like he really likes it here. It seems like his family's here. His, you know, he was, He's a UFA in the year. I don't know if he'll be back. I would love to see him maybe get a one-year deal with the team, at obviously at a reduced rate to see if he can still play. Because sure. what we saw in five games was awesome. Yes, you know, and I I wonder if he just rushed himself back. But I, you don't want to you don't want to blame him either. But to circle this back around to the game in AHO, you know, I, I was disappointed when I saw him hurt, both mm. for him and for the team. The team is second in the league without yep. patches. I mean, yes, yeah. he played five games. He scored three goals, but, you know, even without those three goals, the team is second in the league. Yeah. Do they want to get better for at the trade deadline? Yes. And I want to come back to that. Um, Tom, Um, Tom will be joining us here in a little bit. Um, I'd like to save that for Tom, but just just to kind of throw it out there like it's OK, right? With patches being hurt, the team is still clicking. The power play still went zero for three. That has yeah. to be fixed. That can't. You cannot go into the power play. I'm sorry, you cannot go into the postseason with a power play that bad and expect to win. Ask abysmal Ask Florida. Because Florida might be sellers, right? Jeez. And actually, there's there's somebody on their team that I actually would would maybe take a look at. So, you know, and, uh, it's they're... not all doom and gloom.
2: Yeah. And the, now the Panthers are on a bit of a heater. They're starting to play a lot better. They're getting results. They're winning games. It was funny that everyone, the statement was that Florida made the trades that they did going into the season to make themselves more of a playoff team to deal with, you know, the Lightning if they should happen to face the Lightning again. The problem is you have to get into the playoffs first before you can actually play a playoff game,
1: yeah, so I mean right now they're style, out looking in
2: they are out looking in and they looked really bad. they look real for the longest time now they've gotten there, they've gotten their wins recently, so they're crawling back up, but they had a long way to go, a very long way to go and can they win at the about 750 clip that they had to I think it was a 700 or they have to put up a 700 clip the rest of the season to make it in so are they are they there I don't know and they may they may actually be sellers which no one would have suspected
1: they are two points out but they they have Pittsburgh has three games in hand yeah so and we all know that you got to count games in hand as as points in the bag because that's how fans are so they're eight yeah. points out of wildcard two. Oh, hey, Ray, the, the door opened. Uh our, our guest is here. I think I, maybe slowed down by the snow a little bit because it's maybe it's not <laughs> snowy I don't think it's snowy in Raleigh, but it's snowy here and there. So we're we're gonna go with, with the sn- the snow delay.
2: Yeah. So. Through, brought in brought in with the snow and the cold that we're experiencing. The door opens, and we always love it when uh someone joins us here in the storm cellar and a great guest who's going to get him to pull up a chair here uh welcome welcome to tom we're great i love the idea when i heard that you were coming in i knew this was going to be a great episode and uh despite the snowstorm that might have slowed you from from coming in you're here we're very excited to have you how are
3: you doing tom doing great uh just know that i appreciate the snow winter is meant for snow uh raleigh (laughs) right yeah a raleigh winter is uh what at 45 degrees and rain so if you're gonna make it cold you might as well just put snow on the ground
1: yeah raleigh winters tend to be yeah either nothing or ice and it's not a it's not a snow ray it's (laughs) it's it's it's, it's wintry mix slash ice or it's nothing right it's there you go
3: (laughs) go. you've seen You've seen that picture that's out there about the last time we had a bad ice storm and there were wampas there and flaming cars and the whole oh thing. Oh my! So. Uh, the,
1: the, the the ten second version. The day my wife moved to Raleigh before we had met, she had moved to Raleigh was the big January two thousand twenty something inch snowstorm, and we Jeez. we we had met through mutual friends online, and she's like, and that was like a Thursday or something, and she goes, um. So do you think, you know, I'll have to go to work tomorrow. I'm supposed to start my, start my new job. And we were like tomorrow, like, <laughs> like two weeks, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you ain't, go. It's two feet of snow. We ain't cleaning this up in the next week or so. No way.
2: <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Some places are just better equipped to deal with snow than others in Calgary. Like, uh, and I'll say this, as far as the people clearing snow and stuff, they don't do it very well here in Calgary. They just wait for the next Chinook to come through and take care of the snow and melt it away. But but I digress. Tom, you just as you were coming in, we were we were talking about the patches in, uh, injury and and uh, the we were kind of discussing the last couple of games here, and uh, just want to bring you up to speed where we're at. Um, I'll I'll just say it like let let's hear your take here on this. We'll get you to do the The normal introduction to how you became a kaniac, we're gonna hold that off uh we're gonna hold that off until the end and let you tell us all about you because that's what we do here uh in the in the storm cellar but right now we're we're talking about this injury and recapping it patches oh he's out what what was your take? What did you think when you when you saw the uh when you saw the incident?
3: I mean, it's almost Shakespearean tragedy, right? You know, here's a person that was brought in to uh, electrify the team, really. Uh, One of the best pure shooters in the game at this point. And um, he's brought in, uh, is excited to be in Raleigh. That hasn't always been the case, you know, for those of us that have dealt with the last 10, 15 years. uh, Players getting traded to Raleigh don't necessarily... Always appreciate that fact, but he was excited about the opportunity. He was happy about it. Uh, he comes in at first and was skating with the team, tears his Achilles, and, you know, it's a gut punch for everyone, but he's going to work hard. He's going to come back. He comes back early. I mean, we were talking, what, February at the earliest with a uh, Achilles tear. So he comes back early. He kind of brings a spark to the team. And ha- he, he had the, the lower body injury that was not related to the Achilles. So everybody kind of like wiped the little sweat off their brow. It's like, oh, okay, it's not the Achilles. And it was weird to see like the PR team push out the fact that this is an injury. It's not the Achilles. They normally don't say that. They just go, oh, it's a lower body injury. But they know everyone's mm-hmm. question that's going to happen after that. But, oh, it's not the Achilles. Don't worry. It's not the Achilles. And then two games later, it's the Achilles. So it's just, it's, it's hard. I, I mean, I can, as a Canes fan, I can deal with it because you know, how many games was that with Patches? What five, six, something like that.
2: Yep, five, so five, yeah.
3: you're, you're taking away something that wasn't really there in the first place for the most part. So, okay. I can roll with that. I'm gut punched for patches himself. I mean, again, he was a person that was excited for a new start. He was, he seems to love Raleigh and just to have him go down and again, face what five, six months worth of rehab, to be able to get back into playing shape again. I mean, his season's obviously done. The rest is he's 33, 34. The rest of his career really is in doubt at this point because you're dealing with a, two Achilles tears within a 12 month period, you have to wonder if it is the end, but, and I don't want to think that. I don't want to kind of embrace those thoughts. I want to think that he's going to come back. He's going to play. And the fact that he likes seemingly likes the area of Raleigh so much that we may be able to bring him back on a one-year deal with probably a relatively small. Salary number. I I mean, I don't know. I'm not a negotiator by any means, but he's there's going to be a lot of risk there, so there's probably not going to be a lot of money invested in it. So hopefully, we'll we can give it one more shot.
1: And you know, so to listen to you speak and see people on social social media, I know for myself has has any player ever come in and gotten people so hyped and so behind them as a person and a player in so few games? and he's he played 5 games for the Canes and it feels like the entire fan base is behind the guy and wants to give him maybe a one year deal for next year and wants to see him get back in the NHL and wants has that can you think of another player who's developed that kind of i don't want to say loyalty but that kind of a following you know that kind of an energy who has played five games i mean yeah i don't nah, think I mean-
2: yeah
0: okay. go ahead tom
2: go ahead tom
3: no i was gonna say i i think of some of our our short-term visitors uh that we had uh james winooski is somebody who comes up immediately that you know 47 seconds um and he went down uh and that was an achilles injury too i believe um and he goes down and fans were like well oh well you know it just kind of rolled off with it. there was no real embrace with it." Um, I mean, outside of that, you had players like, say, Jack Hillen. If you want to go way back to 2013, 2014, something like that, uh, that came in for like two games, got a concussion, and his career ended. It was, but these right. are not players that were as high profile. I don't think as Patcheri. Uh, Patcheri is he's an All-Star caliber player. If he's healthy and playing 82 games, he is a 30 goal scorer. He is he is a top line player. And again, the positivity he brought as, as he came into Raleigh and showed that I think the fan base just embraced him because he liked it here. He wanted to be here and the fan base wanted him here as well. Yeah, you know, uh,
2: I'm sure there are stories in the history of the NHL that are similar to this. I don't think it's ever happened for this franchise, and I think, you know, the Tom, you didn't want to talk about him uh, not being able to ever play again and so forth. It it's the one thing that jumps in, into my mind that uh, for his own health, I he would need to do and take like a full year off. Like this is not something like he, and he's known for his very quick recoveries. That's something that's been with him all this time. He recovers quickly and you know, I would want him to come back. I would love to have him come back and be a part of the team signed under, uh, what has to be guaranteed as a smaller contract that even he and his agent couldn't possibly talk their way around. You know what I mean? Like the number of injuries and so forth. Yes. His talent is upper echelon. Yes. He can score tons of goals and so forth, but you got to be able to play the games and He's, gonna, he's at a crossroads now. It's been well documented that in his whole effort to come back since August, he spent a lot of time questioning whether or not he was going to pull the pin on his career, whether it was, I don't want to say not it was worth it. It clearly was. He's a competitor and he wants to play, but he's also looking down the road to his health. And he was really questioning it and he fought through and he came back and it was great. And I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a statement, uh, to the type of fans that the, the and, and and jerks are that they're, they embrace their players and they knew how good this team was and how much better he made them. Like he was exactly what they were looking for, and they embrace him and bring him in right away and he's the type of guy that you want on your team i, I point at him being uh you know still not in the lineup, but the ice cream event right
0: that's yeah take of the kid I, ice cream yeah
2: th- think of the kid right he, he he comes down and and gets him that ice cream an instant folk hero right like that's what he became an instant folk hero because they just Love him. That's the type of player that we like. That's what we want. And so, you know, maybe there's something in it for him. I, he's really going to have to accept that this is going to be a very long, very slow
1: recovery. He, it has he to, does to feel like one him. of the good guys, right? And he does. Most people probably know these things. When he played for Montreal, he went out with a knee. He's the guy who broke his neck, which is why the boards near the benches are now curved because yeah. he broke his neck being slammed. No, I th- was it char that I think was char that slammed I him into that char is hit. You know, this is Achilles, you know, tear number two. Now, Justin Williams had one was able to come back and have a career, so it, it can be done. I know patches is said to be a fast healer, but I'm not a doctor. I haven't seen the scans. But he came back even quicker than what they thought, by almost a month, and that was you know months quicker than anybody else would have come back. So, I hope this isn't the end for patches. Um, But I'm I think I'm same sentiment as you guys. First off, it's it's like Andre Kasha. If he never plays again because of concussion, just as long as he can get by in life and not have the headaches and the things like you know knobbers and shame. What these other guys have had issues with. You know, career-ending things. That's one. If he can come back, he feels like he can do it. I would love to see him get another. You know, like a one-year deal. It's maybe bonus. You know, laden. However, they work under the cap, right? Because some of the money's coming off. Jordan Stahl is not going to make six million next year if he comes back. I don't think yeah. at all. You have some room. Without going too deep, because we could spend an, a whole episode, a couple, a couple hours on this. Canes are second in the league without patches. You know, I'm forget the five games, the three goals, although that was exciting to see and, and really energize the fan base. They're second overall in the league. If the power play can get right, they don't need to add people to make a run. You know, I, I don't feel like it's a must have. Like you don't have to change anything if they continue to do what they do and the power play. And that's, that's my caveat here. And the power play starts working. However, Bo Horvat is one person who's been linked to the Canes. Would he make? Could he replace Patches? Come in. See a thirty-plus goal guy. Yep, it's going to cost you. That's the question. You know, initially the rumor, at least, is that they were asking about Natchez. That's that's a hard no. Jarvis, for me, probably also hard no. I'm I'm not sure Horvat is going to be this good long term. I if I if we got Horvat, I would want him as a rental. Other names to throw out there: um, Kuzmenko. Uh, another Vancouver guy. Second, it, it uh, you know it's a guy who they could potentially rebuild around, but there's been talks at least through the Athletic that maybe they want to move him for somebody younger who could potentially develop into a top line guy. Terence Sanko, I think, is still injured, but he would still be somebody who could help. But he's not putting up the points quite you know the goals at least at the same clip as he was. Um, uh, Timo Meyer, right in San Jose. They're going to be sellers. The contract is the big one there. Or the the one that kind of, I I haven't seen anybody else mention him but me, but what about Sam Reinhart from Florida? Now, if they decide to be sellers, he's somebody who, as I recall, I, I can look up the numbers while while you guys are talking a little bit, but I feel like he's a 20-plus goal guy making not a lot of money and could be a good rental to help drive some offense, so Um, like i said i don't want to deep dive anything but do you guys have any you know ten thousand foot impressions of what you might want to see or or do you say don't mess with the chemistry i mean that's always the option right
2: tom i'm gonna let you jump in first on this one you're our guest so what what do you think where where and who amongst those names or maybe you've got a couple of other names what do you think
3: so what what becomes difficult for the canes and Figuring out some kind of addition, and and we've seen already in the last couple of years that uh, the Canes are not a rental team for the most part. They they're a rental team, but they're a discount rental team. Uh, so they're they're not going to pick up a bold Corvette and give up a tremendous amount of assets. To watch him walk in a year, or you know, less than a year this summer. They're not they're not going to give up a lot of assets for any type of, I'll say short-term free agent walk type person. Um, Reinhardt, who you mentioned, he's got uh, this year and next uh, 6.5 million, I believe. Yeah. 6.5 million. Um, And Reinhardt's a very good player. Uh, I I like Reinhardt. Um, But again, it's, it's a question of what Florida would want for him. And I think they'd want a good package. And the thing, uh, as you were saying before with when they were talking about Horvat is they're looking for, you know, they're looking for players to play immediately. They're looking at Martin Natchez who Natchez is still under some control. He's, he's under, he's under contract for this year and next and still a restricted free agent after this current, this current bridge contract. ends. so, there's still that control that you're not going to have with Horvat. Corvette. Horvat's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's going to get blocked. So you don't you don't trade somebody that you have control over. You don't especially don't trade someone like Seth Jarvis who is still an NHL player. Maybe he isn't showing the flashes that he was last year, but it's still there and experts will say up and down that this is this is a top six you know potential winger. So and he's under an entry-level contract. You definitely don't dump somebody who's under that much control for that long for somebody Absolutely. who's going to walk away. So you have to look at, I'll say, the, the discount rental at this point. Uh, because as you said before, this is a team that's second in the league with five games of Pacioretty. We're, we're trying to replace Pacioretty. And when Pacioretty was in the lineup, you had to table Tara as a fourth line player. So there isn't a huge urgency to have this big replacement. Um, You mentioned Tarasenko. um, And when Patcher goes on long-term IR, when a move is done, he doesn't have to go on long-term IR now, but if the team does make a move for a big money player, like a Tarasenko, he will have to go on long-term IR to get the cat fit. Um, Tarasenko, I think, is something that uh, someone that the team could consider, depending on the cost. You look at somebody like when the team brought in Max Domi last year. That was that was a player that they basically got off the dollar rack. You know, it was oh, we'll we'll trade you a prospect. That we got in the third round last year that we're not overly crazy about. That that's that's pretty much what the deal was to get Max Dolmy. There was there was no real spending that took place there. It was, hey, you know, I know I know Deep Down you're trying to get rid of him anyway because you don't want to lose him for nothing, which is what Columbus was. Columbus knew that he was gonna walk. They weren't gonna re-sign him. So here's, you know, a a player that is a middle six player on a halfway decent team, but he was a fourth-line player. He was going to be a fourth-line player for us, but it's you know it's that type of pickup that you can make off the discount rack. So is someone like Tarasenko, who's got that big cap hit and in, I believe, the last year of his contract, is he going to be more – what's the discount that they may be able to get for him with a third-round pick? Yeah, I have no. And idea. he said
1: he's not. As far as I know, he said Tom he's not going to resign in St. Louis. Like he's he's yeah. out the door. I mean, he's had
3: bad experiences in St. Louis. He, I mean, he was ready to go last year, two years <laughs> yes, <he> ago. <laughs> so, so yeah. And St. Louis knows again, kind of like Columbus with uh, Domi before. They know that he is out the door. Let's get something for him. I mean. The Canes were in that position for so many years previously, going, Hey, these are guys that are going to walk anyway. Let's get, let's get at least something for them. Uh, I think there's going to be some demand for Tarasenko, though. So I don't think it's going to be a, oh, well, for you, a middling prospect and, you know, fourth round or something like that. I think there's going to be an actual demand for him, especially if they kind of sit on the deadline and see how many teams jump. I don't know how many teams can take a player that's making seven million right now. Again, the Canes now, with Patri being hurt, find themselves in an oddly good situation in that they can move him to long-term IR and get players. And I'm gonna throw more names out there that are not necessarily players that I want, but Jonathan Tay's becomes a possibility.
0: Uh uh you know,
3: there are, Patrick Kane theoretically becomes a possibility at this point, you know, because you can move some stuff around and take a player on the expiring contract that before had been previously too high. But now that you have this room with patch being out, you have that room that a lot of teams, a lot of contending teams don't have. So you may be able to get some of these higher profile players for less than you would have say at the beginning of the season i uh, i'm
0: gonna
3: I'm
0: gonna
2: jump in here uh, geographically, I have uh, maybe a tiny advantage, although of course, with the internet, everything is easier but for for everyone about finding out about other teams all over. Uh, I just see a glut of information about Vancouver. Uh, they are in utter chaos. Okay? That whole team, that whole franchise is just a great big ball of what the heck is going on. Like the Bruce Boudreaux uh, being told that he's really a lame duck coach and is going to be uh, released any day now. Possibly today, maybe yeah. tomorrow, there's a press conference tomorrow. that's awful um, Jim Rutherford like what that what Jim Rutherford has done to him is it's unbelievable, but there is so much uh, there's so much chaos going on in that uh, like the uh, relationship that Horvat has with the team he's out he's gone from Vancouver, guaranteed he's not signing anything. he's been. He was slighted because of J.T. Miller's contract. They're having issues with J.T. Miller. The whole reason why they're talking about replacing Boudreau with Tockett is because they believe Tockett is the guy that can rein in J.T. Miller. Right? I mean, for the Canucks, Jim Rutherford, for him to be saying, look, we want natchez or we want jarvis for a rental it is delusional for for to to ask them for for horvat because horvat is on the end of he is a rental player the ask for him cannot nearly be as high as what they're asking for they're shooting for the the moon but they're in a full uh, like they're talking he said we thought we only had to do minor surgery. We have to do major surgery. They're talking about tearing the whole thing down.
3: I don't think I'd trust uh, Vancouver to do any surgery for me.
2: Well, uh, no, I don't. The, the way they've been running things <laughs> this year has just been nuts, right? So I was thinking I, of
3: that like, Tanner Pearson situation where. Yes. Having, yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't trust Vancouver with any surgery personally. No,
2: <laughs> no, kid, no kidding. No kidding. No kidding. So look, to me, Horvat is attainable and he's number one on my list, mostly because of the type of player that he is, mostly because he's got amazing leadership. He is a, he is like a hurricane in disguise. Everything about the way the Hurricanes play is the way he is. And fills a spot that arguably, even when we had Pacioretty, there were people talking about doing this deal because we needed someone as a 2C. And he would fill that bill perfectly. So Horvat, to me, would be the guy that I'd be looking at. And the question then becomes, how badly do you want the cup? right? What are you willing to give up? this opportunity because we're loaded for bear and ready to go but you want to do that one more thing and there's lots of talk about horvat being scooped up by the bruins do the bruins need to be any better like no but they're after them
1: they 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 got to move money to get horvat
2: even so they have thirty three
1: thousand dollars in cap space
2: i think they would but i think they would do it
1: well oh, i, I think, think they would they, i'm just saying yeah, money has to go out, which means they're not giving away a fourth liner for Horvat. They're having to, no, they're going to have to give away somebody in the top six. So I think. I think
2: yeah, so I look, I think we're in a unique situation. We do have lots of talent that we could deal and we have lots of cap space now. So Horvat would be my first choice. I like Meyer. Meyer to me uh he he can play and he's got a nose on a the bad net, team, right? And that, on a, a bad, on a good team. team. I
1: can love to see him on a good team.
2: Yeah. A hundred, percent. Kuzmenko is another one that's decent. I, I, I've always had a like for Tarasenko, his injury issue worries me. Like, look, we're the hurricanes worry about injuries all the time. Do we want to add another name to the list? Of the people that we think could get injured at any second, like all of our goaltenders. I mean, you know, Reinhardt. Yeah, he might he might be a fit, but the Panthers are actually working their way back into the to the playoff view right now. And yes, they've got a long way to go, but they've caught on to a heater. And who knows where they might be by the time the trade deadline rolls around. They might be in the thick of it and say, no, no, no. We said we were building a playoff team. We're going for it. You know what I mean? So they might be buyers. As much as they might be sellers, like you said, Brad, they might be
1: buyers too. The next couple of weeks, I think we'll know. Because like I said, right now, theoretically, the rate points out and the trade deadlines Five weeks away, I think yeah, so they so got two three weeks the we'll, we'll have a better idea of what's what's going on. We will.
2: I, and I, I, I know that everyone looks at, at Horvat, and I've heard you know on lots of podcasts and and on social media that it's just Horvat would be great, but it's out of reach, and they're asking for too much. I still think there's that's what negotiations are for. And with the chaos that's going on in Vancouver. I think that's uh, they someone could be plucked out of there and convinced to to let them go. Um, wow, wow, to, such a great situation to, here.
1: It is to to switch it up to to go back to the bad news. So, Tom, we're kind of going bad news to better news. Yeah. Um, shame on Andrei Svechnikov, oh. whom we all know I just adore as a player. Yep. The hit, I forgot who he hit, but the hit from Thursday night was not dissimilar. First thing I said to Ray, because Ray didn't get to see the game, he said, Oh, what about this hit? I said, It, it was like Brooks or Prick on Eric Cole, very similar between the numbers, just far enough from the way from the boards. You know, the player hit headfirst into the boards. Luckily, he wasn't injured, but Svetch, you should know better. The fact that he did not receive supplementary, supplementary discipline. I think it's only is, is shocking. He, he did get a 10. He did get a major and they do sometimes factor that in In the fact that he's not known as a dirty player. He does play hard, but that's, that's the first hit that I would definitely say, Oh yeah, that's definitely over the line. Um, you can't do that kid. And, no. and, and to compound the issue and somebody I, and, and somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, thank you listeners. I don't think Svetch has scored a goal yet in 2023. I'm trying to look that up now, but but yeah, I, I if he has, he might have one, but he's cooled off in the goals department significantly, which it's streaky, right? So I'm I'm not worried about it, but just you know, if I'm going to admonish him for the hit, which we all should. That was a, that was a bad one. Just just going to, you know, add a little kerosene on it and say, "Hey, by the way, also, um, you know.
2: Yeah. yeah uh, and Tom, we'll get you to jump in for a second, but I want to just, uh, you know, when Brad told, when you told me about it, Brad, I was like, oh, come on. It couldn't have been that bad. And was, was the other dude like carted off on the ice. and like, no, no, he, he was healthy. And then I went and got a look at the hit. And I, people make jokes about triggering. Right. And stuff like that, that hit, totally triggered me it was like i was watching eric cole go into those boards head first all over again it was awful and i was furious furious i i've never I, and will never forgive or prick as he's been renamed by the both of us and most people who don't like him it just he is just unbe- it was unbelievable To see that happen from Svetch. And Svetch, you're an all star now. That is not all star play. It's not how an all star player plays. And yes, Tom Wilson has been in the all star game. I thought that was a joke, but (laughs) because
0: he's got no business being in. It was dirty. It was
2: awful. And we're finding that, I mean, last night in the game, I had to, I was forced to listen to the Islander broadcast. They started a kind of identifying Svetchnikov as an agitator, not necessarily a power forward, but as an agitator. And who do you think of when you think of agitators?
1: You, I mean,
2: I mean, aside
1: from me. Yeah. 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 He's he's not, I don't think he's a bread Martian. Like he's not a pest. You know, I, I, that's the, I use pest is that word. I still think he's he's kind of the quintessential idea of what you want a power forward to be, but
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, the the only good thing about the the hit last you know the other night was as soon as he turned around, you could see it on his face. He was like, "Oh yeah, that no, you know." Luckily, the guy didn't get hurt, right? You know, it's yeah, not about intent. It's but
2: yeah, Tom. Tom, we need you to weigh in here and uh, like, where where are you at? I mean, I know I'm a little bit extreme on it with the emotions and stuff, but. What was your take?
3: So I'm watching it in, on the loop as you guys are talking about it because I, i seen it. Um, I, I wasn't watching that game. I had uh kid hockey practice as I do 11 days a week, um, yeah. but I was able to, uh, 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 I remember seeing it the day of uh, and highlights that type of thing and I just decided to kind of loop it now, and I've kind of noticed, because at first, when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, that's a bad hit, and then watching it on loop, and I hate to be one of those hockey guys, but the, and I think he didn't get the suspension, which, again, also surprised me. I I, I saw a game coming out of it. not Not a huge suspension, but I, I could have seen him getting a game and been like, yeah, that absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the full brunt of impact was not there. It wasn't a full-blown bang-bang type play. It, it seemed like he was going to go for the hit. Uh, the Minnesota player looked like they they lost a little bit of bounce, so it put them in a very vulnerable position. Um, so yeah, that that's one of those things that are is unfortunate. I don't want I don't want to make light of it because it's not. It's it's a danger. It's still a dangerous play. It's still a suspendable play. The the five in a game was warranted. Um, but at the same time, I don't look at it as a dirty play. And that's I mean when when you talk about certain players and again the orpik of course but when you when you talk about certain plays that are like that that cause serious injury there there's there's a different approach and there are different types of players that that, that make those type of plays and i don't want to defend svechnikov because he does he throws hard hits he's but he's not necessarily and again not to throw tom wilson under the bus necessarily i know he is a polarizing figure um uh, but he is not a bad hit guy. He is a he's a big hit guy. Um he will use the boards to his advantage. Um he kind of comes through like freight train sometimes, but I don't think that hit was malicious. So hmm. uh, I agree a hundred percent. I know it <laughs> triggered and, and, and I understand but yeah i I just Again, I watched that on loop, and I'm trying to. Look, I I looked at it from play, the the Minnesota player's perspective of how he skated in to get the puck. I I saw Svetch's, uh approach to the player, and I don't. I don't think it was necessarily malicious. But again, I I think I think the penalty was appropriate. I think he probably should have been suspended for a game just to discourage that type of thing. I mean, I watch. Mm-hmm. I watch enough kid hockey to know that if you don't take that kind of action, you encourage retaliation and then everything escalates. So I think what the referees in that game did was they they saw the situation and they they for the most part de-escalated it. They 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 saw that Svetch made a bad hit. They said, Okay, that's a five minute penalty, you're out of the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, will, I, and it, I always look at it, sorry, Ray. From if that happened, if if it was reversed, right? And Minnesota did that to Svech. That's how I always try and look at it. What am you know? And I would say I I think you're right on. I don't think it was intentional, but he did it. You know, and I think in Svech's case, unlike with his high sticking penalties, he'll learn from this because <laughs> yeah. two minutes in the box doesn't cut it for his high sticks. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it was malicious. But if if that had happened to one of our guys, I would say that's 100 percent, you know five in a game and then i would i would kind of expect a game i don't think it, i would warrant two from somebody who doesn't have that history but you know calling out your own is a hard one right and we all want to ride that line i think and and not look through everything through rose-colored glasses and that's kind of what i'm saying is like you know okay if, if our guy did that how would i feel you know if if it's if our guy did what truba did the other day to uh Oh, I forgot who they were playing against when he stuck his, you know, he elbowed the guy right in the kidney. Oh, I, I would be like, our guy can't do that. Like you, you should suspend him and they should have done something to true. But of course they didn't cause it's true. Yeah. But the league is the league, but you know, best sport, worst league,
2: you know, and, and Tom, like, uh, i really value your opinion, Tom, because as you've stated, you're a coach. And so you have a better perspective, you know, on this whole thing. I think Brad pointing out or saying, you know, what if it was Svechnikov on the receiving end? I think I would have gone right off the deep end because again, Cole played like Eric Cole played a very similar game to Svechnikov, but he wasn't as big. You know what I mean? And so to see that happen in that way was just, it was, it was shocking. And and Tom, do you think that? You, you know, being a coach gives you a little bit better perspective on this instead of, you know, Ray, Raymond, who is, you know, the emotional fan who sees this and is just, uh, just so upset by how it happened and stuff, because you don't want to see your players going down that road or, you know, even being linked to that kind of play. Uh, Do you think, I mean, that's good. It's got to help you, right? It certainly gives you better insight perhaps than mine.
3: I mean, I try to look at things and before even a coaching standpoint, because I tend to get a little bit more emotional in regards to when it's kids potentially getting hurt. But when you, I I try to look at these type of things, suspendal actions, hits, dirty hits, things like that and I attempt to try to keep a level head and not necessarily being on social media at the time of a game. Uh, I watch a lot of games through streaming, that type of thing. So I've learned to kind of push Twitter away for the most part. If I am watching an active game, because I get goals spoiled for me pretty much because you're, you know, a few seconds delayed to like 30 seconds delayed, that type of thing. So I, I think staying away from social media helps as well. And if I see a play, I sit there and I try to think about it when it, I mean, and it could be such a minor thing to like a tripping penalty or goalie interference or something like that. And I try to look at it from both perspectives. I try, I try to put the fan hat down and put the official hat on or whatever, and just try to look at it and go, okay, why, what, what are both, if I'm a fan of either team, what am I looking at? Is this, and again, like like Brad had said, if if I'm looking at it from the flipped perspective, like if it's it, say if it's my player who potentially got hit by a, a dirty hit, I'm looking at him going, well, if it was our player delivering that, how would I feel about that? They're like, you know, because you're going 10 game suspension. But if you look at it from the other perspective, you wouldn't be saying 10 game suspension if your player did that. You know, that type of thing. So you kind of try to weigh it both ways. And I, I try to I try to keep balance going and again being off of social media during the actual game helps a lot because you get a lot of people that again there, there gets to be a lot of outrage in regards to hits and things like that and um yeah just just kind of and you, there's a lot of things to weigh into it and i don't i don't envy uh the division of player safety and having to weigh all these aspects of it because you're looking not only at the actual play did someone get hurt what's the severity of the injury what is the player's history uh, my son started refereeing recently so there, there's a lot of things that they weigh in to that it's where a particular player if they get uh if there's a particular hit and the player gets injured you are Anything, just more prone to call a penalty on that because you feel there needs to be a penalty because that particular player, despite the fact that it was it may have been a clean play, you still feel that you have to call a penalty on it for say a charging if it's a big hit or a boarding if it's against the boards, that type of thing. So it's right. you it's feel like a responsibility. And, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta weigh that and it's it can be difficult, and again, I don't – watching my son go through uh, and referee even 10U games um, and just seeing it from the other side, it makes you feel uh, – uh, I hate to say it, but you feel sympathetic for referees. You feel sympathetic <laughs> for these people of division of player safety that have to kind of see a play and make an immediate value of going well five points here because he's a repeat offender, but minus two points because he didn't seem to have intent. And you're, you're weighing this imaginary formula to try to make the determination and go, oh, two games. You know, mm-hmm.
0: that's
3: completely arbitrary. So it's it's difficult, especially in regards to plays like these where it looks like the intent necessarily wasn't there, but the action was there. So yeah. what do you do?
0: Right.
1: And that's um- I kind of do the opposite with social media. So I always tell people like ignore what I say during the game. If you want to know my real thoughts, wait till the next day when I'm not invested. And part of the reason I tweet during a game and, and, and make calls is for me, it helps me when I do a reflection of things, it helps put me in that a better headspace, right? Because hockey is so fast and you have guys on ice and a puck is three inches across and, as fans, if we can look at something and see it one way, you know, during the game and the next day we go, OK, maybe that wasn't as bad as we thought or maybe this, you know, maybe it wasn't this or that. That's exactly what the referees are doing. As you were saying, Tom, it's it's so quick and, and it happens so fast. You, you know, you don't have a lot of time to make those judgments. And it, the biggest thing for me would be I, I I am still somebody who thinks that there should be, you know, accountability at the NHL for their officiating, which there are in other leagues. Um, I'm also a big proponent of putting, uh, you know, a, th- a third official up in a booth who just sits there and watches the game on an iPad. And when a call gets made or something happens, he, you know, he hits the little 30 second rewind button, rewinds and goes, oh, yeah, no, that wasn't a penalty or, or you know, I, I don't know that you want to call penalties from up there. But certainly for big things, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you, you negate some penalties from there. You certainly take a look at, you know, goalie interference and some of those things in real time but it, it's a tough job. I mean, it's, it is. It's uh, a- I, I think they can do better. I'm, I'm going to, hopefully that doesn't sound like I'm talking on both sides of my mouth. It, it's probably the toughest sport to officiate. I also think that they need to do a better job, generally speaking, and not, you know, you know, I know they say like, if, you know, if we're not managing the game, then it's all going to be power plays, right? Cause there's just that many penalties. I would be willing to put up with that for a while. If, if the players, you know, if it gets the players in the habit of stop taking penalties, yeah, you know, game management is just a killer.
2: Yeah, I, I've got I've got two things, and one will be unpopular, but the other, I, like when I saw that hit, and I kind of did what you did, Tom, where I once I got a chance to get a look at it, I cycled it five or six times, and I'm not, I, I want I'll I'll own this. I bought Spetch deserved three games, and not one. Just because, and that was more of a send a message that this is not acceptable type, you know, punishment. And, you know, maybe Svetch uh, appeals it and it gets dropped down to one, but send the message. Those types of hits, even though the guy wasn't injured, are dangerous and you don't want them done. So it'll be unpopular for me to crack on Svetch. I understand. I still love him. But I that just it need that kind of thing needs to stop and can't happen. And I don't want that in my memory. When I see him score, I want to be as jubilant as I always would have been without having that. Yeah, but he did that in the back of my mind. So there's that. But Tom, the second thing I'm going to say is Tom, full credit to your son willing to jump in and take on the role of officiating in hockey games, even if it's very, very young. Full credit for that. It's got to be the most difficult job there is that gets the least amount of love or appreciation because they're always yelled at. They're always, you know, thought to be blind. I mean, there's how many people say good things about refs in the middle of the game? for your son to put himself out there and officiate to make the game possible for other players. You can't play the games without the refs, right? You can't play it without them. So full credit to your son, because that's amazing yeah. for being willing and to take that on.
1: For, for anybody who doesn't think like the U10, U14 referees don't catch heat. My local week oh, would tell you otherwise a hundred percent. And if it's, it's kids officiating, if you think that stops p- parents from yelling at them, I, I got videos. It's even worse. It's even worse. It's just unbelievable. It's uh, so Tom,
2: full credit, full credit. Yeah. Um, on on that note,
1: Ray and Tom, Um, we should talk about Tom. Yeah, because I think what Tom does and the reason he's here will make people go oh, like Tom seems to know a lot about hockey and he looks at it from, a, you know, a, maybe a slightly different perspective than other folks. And there's a reason for that. So yeah um Ray uh would you like to officially introduce Tom?
2: Yeah, 100%. Let's uh, uh now Tom's been joining us here for a while and and seamlessly with his input and stuff. It was absolutely beautiful. It's like he was hosting the show with us uh for as long as we've been doing it. It was absolutely fantastic. But Tom joins us and, and Tom, we want to get your full story. Okay, we want to know everything about you, your caniac history uh did you start some liking a a different team somewhere else growing up are you uh are you a hurricane through and through fan like uh, give us the whole details favorite players and tell us a little bit about the great stuff that we know you're a coach so give us all the details we want to hear about you
3: all right so uh first things first uh born and raised on long island so um I got to experience, to a lesser extent, the the glory days of the Islanders in the '80s. Uh, my wife actually um, grew up walking distance from—well, not really walking distance, but yeah, you know, with a couple of miles away from Nassau Coliseum. So oh, she man. tells stories of being a kid and seeing the parade down Hempstead Turnpike of the you know the old Islanders team. So uh i think a lot of us on the island were islanders fans even if we weren't necessarily that big of a hockey fan because the islanders were the long island sports team uh when you look at like say baseball teams the the mets are queens the the yankees are the bronx uh the football teams are out of jersey the islanders are a long island team uh so I started off, I think, like a lot of Long Islanders, as an Islanders fan. My first game uh, as a kid was an Islanders-Rangers game, and Nassau Coliseum. I saw so many fights in the stands. It wasn't even funny. Um, <laughs> actually, it was kind of funny <laughs> looking back at it. Um, but, um, yeah, it was tough being an Islanders fan in the 90s. Uh, Mike Milbury, I would throw a shoe at him if I saw him personally. Um, but... <laughs> I ended up getting away from the Islanders for a period of time, but got back into hockey through Sega Genesis and through NHL 94, NHL PA 93, the better game potentially. Um, And in using NHL 93 PA, uh, I got really good at it. So I started playing as the worst team in the game who were the Quebec Nordiques. So I actually became a Nordiques fan for a period of time because that was the team that I knew because I use them so often, and kind of rolled into an avalanche fan once the team moved from Quebec to uh, Colorado, and enjoyed that uh, cup run for a little bit, and then kind of went in and out of hockey for a period of time until we moved down here uh, back in 2006, which was a great time to be a Canes fan. Um. But kind of got swept up into that, but never really got into the Canes that much for whatever reason. Uh, It took an outing. uh, I kind of followed the team, never really got hardcore into it until we went to our first game. Uh, I know the date exactly. February 14th, 2013. It was a uh, um, Canes-Toronto matchup. Uh, Colton Orr fought Kevin Westgarth in that game uh my very young son at the time uh took a love to kevin westgarth at that time because he beat up colt norr and that was pretty cool to him uh and to this day my son the hockey hairball wears number eight because of kevin westgarth uh so
1: to interject real quick, that, that's the second Kevin Westgarth reference on this show in like three weeks.
4: <laughs> it's amazing. It, it's also referenced. the second
1: Kevin Westgarth mention anywhere in the last yeah. three weeks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, 100%. That sounds bad. Westy is a great guy. I've met him once or twice. And I mean, uh, not necessarily the best hockey player and from an NHL standpoint, but he is an incredibly smart person an incredibly gracious person I always made time for my kids to take pictures there's a picture i have of my three kids and uh westgarth at a i think it was some canes event type thing and kind of always cherish that picture uh but yeah love me some kevin westgarth um Funny. but yeah that 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 game kind of entrenched us uh the kids loved it so much my wife loved it and bought partial season tickets uh, the following day and had uh full season tickets after the finish of that season. Because if you can still stomach the Canes after watching what happened during that 2012, 2013 season and that total collapse, you can take anything I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was, that was the start of my Canes fandom. Uh, got to be friends with the uh, section 328 guys Early on, and then saw that kind of swell up and uh, tailgates that got uncontrollably large. Like it was, it was wild, especially that first playoff series in 2018, 2019, getting Jeremy Roenick to come to one of our tailgates to do a live, like, report. Like that was wild. But um, yeah, have loved the Canes ever since. Uh, Enjoy the team don't always enjoy some of the things that they do and um, i'm one of their bigger critics but you become hypercritical of someone you love you know it's you want them to be the best they can be so that Mm -hmm. that that i'll say is still my excuse
1: that that's why Um, i don't have an influencer shirt is because (laughs) if if they do something i don't like i i'm gonna say it yeah we're realists here we're realists here. It, it, like you said, it comes from a, a, a point of love, but, yeah. you know. Like, if I didn't like you, I
3: wouldn't care. But yeah. I we care.
1: A, so. apath- apathy is, is what's bad. When people are upset with the team, that's good. It means they care, right? Apathy yeah. is what we don't want.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, outside of that, you mentioned coaching. Uh, my son uh, was part of the first, uh, Kane's first goal program, which... I will if if there's anything about the Canes that I will plug, it's the Canes First Goal program. Um, basically, the Canes First Goal program uh, for a set fee, and it it's changed over the years. It was ninety seven dollars the first year, uh, but it's still it's still a reasonable thing. I think it's like it's up two hundred or something now. But uh, what you get is your kid. And it was, I think ages four to eight, it's and the ages fluctuated over time too. They kind of try to find their happy spot. But uh for a set fee, you get uh full hockey equipment for your kid, helmet, stick, pads, everything, skates even. Um, and I think like six six or eight. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I don't I'm not prepared. But um uh, lessons way. with uh like uh Jeff Daniels was out one time, Bates Bataglia was out there one time so you you get uh experienced trainers out there for your kid, and it's meant for kids pretty much that kind of know how to skate but never really played hockey before, maybe they've kind of been introduced to it a little bit, but they're still kind of learning but it's it's that that foot in the door uh and again for the low cost and the price has gone up recently, but they've also added more things. Like I think if you, you do it, you not only get all the gear, but you get um, tickets to a game. So that kind of like, you know, a little price goes in there as well, but it's such a great program. And again, my son had skated twice in his life before he joined the first goal program. He did first goal really, picked up on hockey we put him in more skating classes after the fact He wasn't ready for house league yet and then when he was nine in the fall we put him in house league he did that for a couple of years and then uh when he was 12 uh he ended up uh making uh getting an opportunity to play for the uh junior hurricanes uh travel team so he has now been a junior hurricane for the last three years. Uh, he also volunteers now with the first goal program. You, you get something from it, you give back to it. So, um, and this most recent season, I've been tasked with being assistant coach for the team, which is fun because I can't skate. <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> tried and I, I theoretically can skate, but I can get from point A to point B. I cannot do the things that my son does we uh, gotta
1: raise money for him ready to get him in the first goal program <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll get you pat we'll get you all set up that, that that sounds like an amazing program though for real like i like it that's will they fantastic. offer that for adults because I, I would do it i haven't yeah, skated in goal, 20 years
3: <laughs> yeah first goal is great and it's a little bit uh uh above our uh or i should say uh the age limit is a little bit past us so unfortunately <laughs> i don't think we can jump in there if they ever yeah, get an adult it. one maybe maybe we can jump into that and there's been talk of having an adult kind of program similar to that but um yeah the first goal program and it's pretty much most ice rinks in the uh north carolina area like so you've got the ice rinks that are around here in Kerry, raleigh uh wake forest uh i know they have it uh, at the rink in Fort Bragg um, they've got it in Charlotte um, I believe uh, Greensboro but I mean spread out through the state so if you're in North Carolina there's a decent chance that uh, King's First Girl program will be somewhere near you uh, I mean depending on where you are in the state North Carolina is a big state but <laughs> but yeah yeah uh, that's that's pretty much I think my hockey story for the most part. Uh, I I have an obsession with the collective bargaining agreement for some reason. So uh, I'm I'm that annoying guy on Twitter who like kind of jumps into the conversation, and goes, "Well, actually, you can't get that player because this that subsection paragraph 42 dot two B."
1: Uh, but oh, I got to add you through, to my rolodex. I,
2: under understand, yeah, you, Tom's just been added on the go to. Person to contact
1: because Put his name we, on the whiteboard
2: yeah 100 you're you've now become a, a reg you're going to become a regular guest for us because there's lots of times where we have these kind of discussions and we're talking not out of our mouths if you know where i'm going with that and it, it like we need someone who knows and is into it so tom congratulations uh you're you're part of the staff if you will that is <laughs> storm seller because you've just been
1: holy cow that's awesome now well, we'll, I, even, not... we'll even make your pay uh the same as ours
2: oh yeah they want okay they right. want
1: same
2: equal you know pay, pay for, for everyone e- equal that's...
1: pay for anybody who works for us
2: 100 <laughs> percent, absolutely so somebody
1: buy a shirt and the three of us can split a dollar two <laughs>
2: exactly Hey, uh, now, now, Tom, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let you totally off the hook. Yeah, I know you said that that was your full story. And first of all, full credit to you for uh, uh, being a Nordique fan. Um, <laughs> look, uh, the, the WHA connection always meant something to me. Uh, the whalers playing the, uh, the, the Quebec Nordique was always fun for me because I was growing up with a school teacher that was a huge Nordique fan. And so he and I used to get into it all the time. It was uh it was always great fun. So congratulations on that. But now, now that you're a kaniac, now that you're a jerk like Brad and I, who who's your guy? Who's your guy like in all of the years? Is it Westgarth? Is Westgarth your guy because of that personal connection? Or do you have a do you have a favorite outside of that?
3: It's weird because in, in my sports fandom, and it's not just hockey. I was a baseball fan for so long. Um, and football as well, you know, that type of thing. I try to embrace the lesser-known player. Um, so, because I, I never... I, growing up, uh, I was a Yankee fan, and they're like, oh, who's your favorite? Is it Don Mattingly? Is it Dave Winfield? You know, those are the big names. So, it, it, it's... I don't want to be too hipster, so to speak, but I don't like the mainstream players. Um, We're lunch bucket guys here. Yeah. Uh, on the current roster right now, I think my favorite, uh, uh, my soft spot is for Calvin DeHaan. Uh I, 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 I love his style as a player. I love his mentality. The uh, story that Sarah Sivian did on him uh, a few years ago when he was originally with the team about him growing up and being always wanting to play defense, despite the fact that everybody wants to score and he's the one that's dropping back and hanging out with his goalie and that type of thing. Um, that, that kind of hit home with me. Cause that reminded me of my son, that type of thing. Um, he's got an but, Islander
2: connection too, by the way, like he yes, he does sign with the Islanders. So that certainly makes sense that, uh, you know that you would have a soft spot for him, I guess, in multiple angles. So yeah,
3: yeah. There, there's that. There's that connection because we both flood the island for better places to live. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, him. Um, I have a soft spot for Martin Perk, Uh and the uh, what two games that Martin played for the Hurricanes.
1: Man, uh, that's Ray and I both dude. just looked up in the air like a dog who doesn't understand the command. He's like, What? Huh?
3: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah if you Holy played two games, cow. that's why. Oof. So so if you uh that that was a period of time that was, I believe, the first uh Bill Peters year. Oh, uh, so we right. were we were grasping at anything at that point.
1: Erase that And
3: one. um so I am a fan of the movie uh clerks. Uh, Great movie. Which, oh, not not the most family friendly movie, but no. still a good movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when we when we signed uh, when we got Martin Furk off of waivers, uh, I I got super excited because I made this meme that was uh, two of the guys that were hanging out outside of the the uh, convenience store and clerks, and there's this <laughs> Russian guy who sings, and he has this song Berserker. And there's a line which I will not repeat on this uh, on this podcast family, friendly this family friendly podcast. Thank you. But but the meme was would you would you like some Martin firk berserker? <laughs> and I was I was set. I made this meme. I'm like that's going to be every goal. I'm going to post this meme. It's going to be great. He played two games and then he got sent put on waivers and he ended up going away and I'm like this this is unfortunate. Oh man! So I've tried to get a Martin Furk uh, that year. I went to the Keens Equipment Sale trying to get a Martin Furk jersey because that that was going to be my white whale, and um, couldn't find one. Ended up oh, getting a Thai Ratty jersey. If you want to, oh, keep wow! Uh, digging through the uh, crates there, I have yeah. a authentic Thai Ratty military appreciation jersey. And Ty wow. uh, played all of maybe five games for the team, but yeah. So, but he wears that's... number eight and so does my son now. So, you know. Uh, oh, that's,
0: that's outstanding.
3: That's cool. Collectibles. That's,
2: that's, that is outstanding. Love it. Um,
1: uh, can I interject, Ray? So, yeah, 100% you can. Was it last year that, that, um, the Buffalo, that like, the Sabres, like, all, like tied the lead record for losses? Was it the year before? That was. Uh... That was last year, right? It
2: feels like last year.
1: Either way, when they tied the, I I also made a clerks related meme. And I can't tell you the the first part, but the last part was in a row. (laughs) Yeah. This has become a different (laughs) podcast.
3: It certainly
1: has. (laughs) That's that's I'm so
3: sorry for corrupting you all. No, no, no. Uh, I I think that's all
1: good. I, 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 um, i let my nine-year-old listen to that because i talked talked to him about how the meme was about how they you know they lost uh not quite 37 games in a row
2: wow unbelievable unbelievable now look okay so
1: people are gonna Dad be surprised talked... when they meet me in person ray and they're like i thought he was super pg all the time
2: yeah Man, uh, I, uh, away I, I, from the mic eh?
1: yeah away from the mic i you know i am I'm, I'm i'm not that different but like i'm
2: yeah a little different um geez i don't know now okay so now you know that i have a history in broadcasting and i now have to try to find a way to segue from those memes and jay and silent bob to a very difficult topic that we were going to wrap up the show with
1: um so and i don't i'll give you time to think um so as we've done before uh for the adults listening uh you know we're going to talk about um the issue that happened in philadelphia last week so if you're listening to the podcast with the kids probably a good day to call this uh you know put an end to this episode a little short um or at least give it a listen before you know the the family joins in if you're listening to work uh obviously we're you know language and things you know we're not going to be using but uh you know we are going to talk about the uh the Philadelphia Pride Night incident so um just give everybody 4 or 5 seconds if you know if you need to tune out want to tune out now's the time
2: yeah for sure uh definitely want to give people the opportunity um so uh i don't even really know where to to start with this um of course the news came out about uh Ivan Provorov in Philadelphia uh, it was strange. People didn't. It was uh, an ever-evolving story because uh, someone noticed that on Pride Night he wasn't on the ice. Someone noticed it and said, "Hey, where is he in? Or is he out? What What's going on?" And suddenly, at the start of the game, when he wasn't out there for the warm up, all of a sudden he's ready to play. On the ice, and he's ready to go and everyone's wondering what the heck is going on, and someone makes the connection um, and finds out that he did not wish to wear a uh, pride jersey in the warm up and therefore stepped out of it and he his reason that he gave was. Uh, religious reasons he is a russian orthodox uh, uh a member of the russian orthodox church and that was the issue that he gave uh torts jumped in and stated uh this was his choice to do uh and to which he had a right to do it and uh we stand by him
0: and there's a lot to unpack here um yeah for for, for me yeah oh, go, ahead, Ray. go ahead i'm sorry
2: no 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 go ahead go ahead
1: for, for me i see people come down in one of three camps there's, there's the camp who just you know is can't stand people who are different than them and and feel it's okay to be bigoted and so that's one camp i'm not even talking to them because i doubt they're listening to the show the second camp are the people who are fully behind like torts and saying, hey, he has a right to not do those things. And, and he he does. And I would support his right to do that. But that doesn't mean it's free from repercussions. So those people say, oh, just because he, he doesn't want to wear a pride jersey doesn't mean he hates, you know, people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. And then you have people in the camp that I am in. And, and I'm speaking only for myself. I'm not speaking for Ray or, or Tom or anybody else wearing a pride jersey using pride tape in my mind doesn't say i think this is the greatest thing ever i think that you know you know what i mean it, it 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 doesn't mean that you are an active supporter necessarily of of anything what it means is that you are a supporter to the point of people within the lgbtq plus community are human beings and they deserve respect and they deserve to come to hockey games and feel safe without people, you know, being bigoted towards them. And regardless of which side of that you fall on, the reality is that if you're one of the folks who's like, Oh, I'm good for him for not wearing it. You know, he shouldn't be forced to yada, yada. Just look at the comments, just go, go through social media and look at the comments and see what kind of you know, crap comes out by people who feel emboldened by that, that it, it's not about, you know, tolerance or, or, or being inclusive. It's not, it's not that simple. It's, it's actively being, you know, against people within a very marginalized community who has high incidence of suicide rates and who has high incidence of r- depression rates. It's, you know, Pride Night should be, Philadelphia's Pride Night should have been about welcoming people and growing the game with people who might be different than you, but are there because they love hockey, but it's not. What are we talking about for Philadelphia's pride night? We're talking about one guy who falls back on religion, which is a topic I'm not even going to broach. Um, Cause I know that a lot of people will disagree with me there, but if you, if, if that's, if that's your stance, you're just falling back on, well, my religion says it's wrong. So it's wrong. Then think for yourself. I mean, sorry, I don't know what other way to put it, and 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 Torts in my mind, cop out. What a complete waste of he just. I already don't like Torts, and now I like him even less. Tortorella is the same guy who said, "Base," and I'm paraphrasing. If you kneel for the anthem to support Black people and Black Lives Matter and and people who are, you know, who, who who are obviously have been oppressed. Torts said, if you do that, you don't play for me. But when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community, he says, oh, well, I obviously I support his right as a player to think what he wants. Oh, you sack of crap. I'm sorry. That, oh, that's wow. about as bad as it will ever be on this program. But Torts, here's, a Webster's come on, Torts. Diction-
2: Torts, here's a Webster's dictionary. Uh, if you go into the H area near the end, you'll find the word hypocrite and beside it, you'll see your
1: picture. Yeah, tor, 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 What what a what a what a no stones call that was, Torts. Because yeah. you, tor, Torts is the guy who gets mad when people do the Michigan. Yeah, you know, tor, Torts is the guy who literally was like, oh, like you, know, if he, you know, if he played for me, he wouldn't do that. Like, so what do you mean? Like all, all of a sudden it's still the players? No, it's not. If if Ivan doesn't want to wear the jersey and, and be a participant on Pride Night, fine, bench him. Yeah, he can sit in the press box. He can sit there. Just... He did. The, the, he he won. I, I know we're going to get comments. I, I know we're going to comments to say he has a First Amendment right. He does. And the government is not doing anything about his speech. But that doesn't mean that his speech is free from consequences. And I feel strongly about this because. Ray, I, I, like I said, I don't want to speak for either of you as somebody who was born as a white man, you know, white, straight guy in middle class America, which. you know you know i i you know i i get that people are like oh you know you're privileged and maybe that maybe sometimes it's just the wordy people and they're like oh i'm not privileged i've had to work for it yet yeah, you did but you also had a leg up because of those kind of things i know that some of the the, the things that i don't it, it's not even the things that i've gotten in life some of the things that i i don't have to when i get pulled over by the police i don't have to worry about being shot that's not something that millions of americans can say yeah i mean it, it's ridiculous that that people can't just be honest and say, yeah, like there are things I don't have to worry about that other people do because of who they are, whether that's the color of their skin or their sexual orientation or whatever it is. It's just ridiculous to not say, yeah, I, I you know, I, there are things I don't have to overcome obstacles. I don't have to overcome and, and people are, like, oh, privilege. I've had to work. Yeah. Okay. So fine. Don't use the word privilege. Just be honest and say there are obstacles I have not had to overcome because of who I am and the way I look. Yep. and. Pride night is just supposed to be about saying, hey, regardless of who you are,
0: this is about hockey, right? And, and, you
1: know, I'm going to tick off more people here. If a player set out military appreciation night, the same people who are supporting Ivan Provorov, would be or, burying or, it, him. It, it's, it's, it will be very close to a circle on a Venn diagram, very close to yeah. a singular circle of people who would be absolutely furious.
2: You beat me to the punch. That was one of my I, thoughts.
1: I support well. both those groups. I support our troops. I, I don't support what our government does with our troops a lot of the time, to be perfectly frank. But our actual troops, yeah, uh, yeah. Those, those those folks deserve our, our respect. Those pers- people deserve our support, as do people in the marginalized communities. It's not hard. It's, you know, don't be, a, you know, we're a bunch of jerks, but don't be a jerk.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tom, I, I uh, could uh, read
1: it forever. I'm going to shut up now.
2: Yeah. No, 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 no. They, they, Brad, you brought a lot of great things to the table. Tom, I want you to weigh in and I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the gaps at the end or whatever with my thoughts. But Tom, it's it's important to hear your thoughts on this.
3: Yeah. It, it's. I I've been critical in the past of, canes pride night and what's been done uh more recently because uh things have actually uh, things progressed uh over time Uh, uh, initially through the nhl and working with you can play and uh groups like that the nhl had the initiative uh, the to have these kind of uh these nights that weren't necessarily called pride nights at the time. It's like everyone can play or something along those lines. I can't remember what they exactly were. And they kind of lumped together everything. Uh, Like not just gay, but uh, it could be the gay community. It can be the African-American community. It can be uh, like rich or poor, black, white, gay, straight. Everybody, you know, everybody's welcome. They're not. Uh, I've. I've watched this firsthand. It's, it's not uh, the most welcome environment. It's getting better, but it's not fixed by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the, thing, the thing that Pride Nights do, uh, and again, I, I, I'm saying this as an ally and nothing more. Uh, I, I am a person who has friends that are uh, part of the gay community. But that—that's you know I can't speak for them. I am not going to try to speak for them. But the one thing that I, I know that Pride Nights actually do uh, is it just you know for for one day one game it it lets part of the community know that they are welcome at sporting you know these sporting events. They are they're welcome to yeah. It, it's a welcoming environment. Um, and when when a team wears a pride jersey they're basically saying hey we're we're the Philadelphia Flyers or whatever and we're we're saying we like having you here no one putting on a pride night jersey is joining the gay community just the same as no one wearing a military appreciation jersey is signing up for the army you are just out there saying hey you know, there's a we, we we appreciate that you're here and this is a safe space for you. And for Prover, Proverov to go and go off on his own and to elect not to wear the jersey, which again is his choice. Whether or not that is breaking the terms of his standard player contract, but we're not going to get into CBA here. Um <laughs> Yeah. But this is this is a team this this wasn't like you know Pro, Proveroff didn't walk in that day and go, "Oh, by the way, it's Pride Night. Here's a jersey wear it." This was planned ahead of time. This was a initiative that uh James Rand Greemstike and uh Scott Lawton were pushing big time to get the team to be able to support and to support all these uh, uh all these marginalized groups to get to get the LGBTQ plus community uh, the young community too especially to give them tickets to come to every game and to uh get a bunch of people at that particular game and just to contribute to charitable events and that type of thing and i mean that's all that realistically that's all that jersey was was to show just do a symbolic, you know, what twenty minutes or so of warm up, and to sell that jersey to raise money for charity, and not only did Provo refuse to do that and basically say, "No, I don't give a damn about your community," I, I also want to detract attention from it by not wearing the jersey. Essentially, because that's what he did.
0: Um, but also. Just
3: it sent it takes money out of a charitable pocket. It that was nine hundred, you know, a thousand dollars potentially because those those jerseys go for a decent amount. So anything from say like five hundred to thousand dollars that could have been contributed to charity didn't get contributed to charity because he just didn't feel like doing it. And it, I, I say it flippantly, like he didn't feel like doing it. It's not he didn't feel like doing it. He he vehemently opposed it. So what do you do if you're John Tortorella or you're the Philadelphia Flyers? Let's let's go above, like the head coach isn't the end all here. John Tortorella's position can be, his hand can be forced if need be. Like if if general management, and, you know, the, if Chuck Fletcher turns around and tells John Tortorella, no, this guy needs to be benched. Either John Tortorella does it or we have a bigger problem. But for the, the team to basically, a, a, as you said before, to send this complete mixed message of, it's okay to sit it out, but we're going to let you play anyway. And just kind of essentially pretend that nothing happened. Because that that's, I think that's the ideal that they wanted to do is just to kind of, may, maybe no one will notice. Because he's not out there for, it's not like they sent him out there in a non-Pride jersey to do warm-ups and everybody goes, oh, wow, that's different. Why is that different? Like when you watch players uh, like, say, in Canes Pride Night, Canes do not do Pride jerseys for reasons I won't get into. But – or I can get into right here. They're, they're, they don't do it because of this. They don't want to essentially have a player or two, and I will not mention names on this broadcast. But they do not want to be put to a position where players that do not want to wear this jersey will cause a scene. So you have players that will wear the Pride tape and warm-ups during Pride night. There, you'll have players that won't. And I'm the kind of jerk that will sit there and go, okay, these are the players that I like more because they're willing to do it. And these are players that I think a little bit less of because they don't uh and that's that's my opinion that's you know i'm not saying that you need you know as a fan you look at this and go well this is a player i should villainize because he's not doing something that i agree with but as you mentioned before it, there's ramification and to have a player actively not participate in something that the rest of the team was doing Like Dougie Hamilton got like
0: villainized
3: by Calgary because he wasn't, I won't use the specific library museum type thing, but Dougie got put off to the side because he was not a player who liked to participate in the group outings with other players. So now you have Ivan Provarov, who is actively. Like, this isn't behind the scenes. This is out in the middle of everyone, not participating in something with the rest of the team. So, he's brought attention to himself. He's put himself above the team, which, as you know, with hockey players in general, it's always the team first. uh, You know, we we just give a hundred. Yeah, all those kind of uh, default statements that players make. They're just oh, yeah. we're one team. We're we're not we're not twenty guys. We're 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 one team. We're we're the logo on the sweater. We're not the guy in the sweater. So he's put himself above the team, and for possibly the worst reasons imaginable. Like I don't know. It, it, it's it's frustrating to me as somebody who coaches youth um, to see how things like pride tape uh if you if you look at youth hockey and you look at um 10U and even 12U you you see things like pride tape and colorful stuff and that type of thing but as you start to get into the later years the 14U and the 16U that pride tape goes away. And it's unfortunate because you're not seeing it people are the players are afraid to Just be supportive, because of the reflection that they feel that maybe their teammates or their coaches or other adults within the organization are going to look at them as. So it's it's unfortunate that something as symbolic as just telling somebody uh, that you don't even know necessarily just a complete you know just a community in general that you are welcome here that you know I am an ally is looked upon as threatening to some people. And I, I I'm done ranting, I think. I, I'll I'll just No, kind of Tom, Tom, you
2: brought you brought a lot of great points up and, and Brad did too. Um so I'm I'm gonna jump in with a little of this here. Um so Brad, you you did kind of steal my thoughts immediately. My first thing was my first thought was of torts defending this when he had the nerve to say that you don't have the uh, free, uh, you know, free speech right to choose to stand or kneel uh, during an anthem. That is your right. That's why both of our countries are free because we are allowed to exercise our rights. And for him to say immediately in one breath, you know, I'm benching the very first person or any player that tries to kneel during an anthem, but then says later on about a player who essentially hijacked a night. Let's call it for what it is. He hijacked that night, Pride night. It's not Pride night. It's Provorov night. And for him to say, yeah, I stand by him, is the height of hypocrisy. The height of hypocrisy. And everyone that supported his right to do it, look, I I am in agreement. He had every
0: right to do that.
2: It is, you know, I mean, that's just the way that for, for religious reasons or otherwise. Maybe he doesn't like lots of colors on his jersey. I mean, who knows? It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to. The point is, is that that night was meant to say that it doesn't matter what your background is or your belief system is or anything. You are accepted in
0: hockey. And we appreciate you. And the marginalized uh, groups in the LGBTQ plus uh, communities, they
2: face an unbelievable amount of pain and hurt. I know it because I've got people in my family that are in those
0: communities and every day,
2: Every day they deal with it. And I'll tell you, the, the people that really said, oh, you know, good on Provorov for doing that. Pride, Pride has no business being in there. I, I just can't stand it. This, these uh, Pride games and stuff. I got news for everyone. Whether you know it or not know it, there is someone in your circle who is part of that
1: community. I guarantee it. If you don't know it, that's probably a reflection on you. Exactly. So for those of you exactly. who say, I, I don't have any gay friends or family members. You, you do. They don't feel you comfortable do. telling you.
2: No, 100%. 100%, Brad. Thank you. That that brings a fine point to it. Brad, you and I, part of our, like our anthem, our uh, mantra in this podcast is hockey is for Everyone should be now, Brad. It, 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 should, be. <laughs> should, it be should be should be for everyone. Should be for everyone. It is for everyone, and should be. It all. It doesn't always work out that way, and we saw an example why. Because there's some people that don't think it doesn't belong. Now you were so great. I mean, you created the very jersey that I'm wearing. You created for me, and there's lots of great things about it. I got this cool, the cool A because I'm like an assistant. Right, assistant, in all of this, that's you. I've got the, I've got the cool, Hucky. reference to the whaler, right? The whalers, my history there. You got my number on here. Looks good on you. In honor, uh, you're, in you're honor 10, of right? Ron, uh, in honor of Ron Francis. I've never been a ten, but a 10. I, appre- I appreciate that we you would say you. that. A lot of those things are great. You got it all decked out on the back. It fits me. It's fantastic. Lots of great things about it. There's one thing above all of that. All of that. And I wish our listeners could see it. It's right here. Left shoulder. Yes.
1: Left shoulder. Is one of the new uh, incarnations of the LGBTQ
0: plus flag. This means so much to me
2: because it is something that we both believe in and I'm not ashamed to add, and not look, I am an ally. Okay. Like you, Brad, I, and I have no trouble calling it white privilege. I've had it. People don't understand about privilege because they, like you said, they think, Oh, I've had a really tough life and stuff. Yes. You've had a tough life. But you've never had a tough life because of the color of your skin or the, uh, the person that you are. That, that's never been the
0: reason why you've yeah. had a difficult life. So I have a like I have
2: questions about how this is going to work out in Philly. I have questions about whether or not this sort of thing now has repercussions across the league for everyone who has a pride night from this point on. Now, instead of focusing on the inclusionary aspects and how we want to say that hockey is for everyone and we appreciate you, now everything goes back to which player on your team Is going to do this again. Is there another player on your team that's going to choose to sit this one out or not wear a pride thing? Or, like has been already stated, the Canes don't wear pride jerseys for the warm up. Maybe it never happens now. Right. To avoid this type of thing, I question, I wonder about Proverov on a team with guys like. Van Riemsdyk and Lawton who fought so hard to make this happen, to bring this to fruition, their hearts are behind this. It means something to them. I wonder if they're on the ice at the same time as Provorov, if Provorov is getting jousted a little, how quickly they want to jump in and help him.
1: Yeah. I mean, to bring it back to hockey, does it cause any kind of a split in the locker room? And I, in my mind, Maybe not. Maybe it's not a Grand Canyon, but is there probably some kind of a rift there? Maybe There's something lingering. By the same token, on it. not having been around locker rooms for a long time, you know, maybe they, maybe they're able to just set it aside, right? And they, the hockey's and hockey, and everything else is everything else. And as a professional, I, I can respect that. uh As a fan and, and a human being, you know, pe- people being allowed to be who they are is not a political thing. Yeah, it, it's. It's about, so I live in Massachusetts, which is obviously, uh, you know, uh, a much different than North Carolina or probably even Calgary. Um, when I wear my Jersey out, I, I don't think I'm the most approachable guy. I'm six foot two and I'm 300 pounds. And, you know, I have a beard and if I have sunglasses, I kind of fit that, that type stereotype kind of look sometimes, yeah. but people see me in that Jersey and I've had people come up to me and ask me about it. And I'm like no, like I I host a podcast and it's important for me to, that people, you know, visibility matters, right? Representation matters. I am mm-hmm. not a representative of that community. I'm not part of that community, but th- to have the pride flag on the shoulder of our jersey and people see that, and they I've had people ask questions or like, oh, like you know, like you know, people who are gay, you know, be like, oh, like I. Can't believe I'm seeing that on a hockey jersey, and they're, they're kind of shocked. And I've had people come up to me, and like I said, I'm, I don't necessarily look approachable, especially if I'm wearing a mask and stuff. But they feel comfortable enough to come up and say something or ask me about it, or or relate in, you know a story or or something, and, and that makes me feel good. I mean, right? Because you know people feel seen, and and that's 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 all all Proverb had to do, in my opinion, was shut his mouth wear The jersey for warm ups and then skate. No, nobody's yeah. he's not going to get you know his. I don't know what the Russian Orthodox Church his archbishop isn't going to call him and say, Hey, I saw you in a pride jersey, you're
2: excommunicated.
1: Not like that, like that's the, not the, going to happen. The, 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 here in the states, the Catholic Church officially is against you know things like gay marriage, but talk if you talk to any of the Catholics I know, and I mean people within the church. Like they're like no, no I I think it's dumb like that that's a silly rule that we you know quote unquote are officially under, like I think it's ridiculous. People are people, yeah, so i we we could spend hours on this topic and and you know what I hate it, it, even a, a fun podcast and having Tom on and getting to talk about not necessarily the most fun things with like patches getting hurt and especially the cough and that hit and stuff, but instead of talking hockey, we want to once again feel compelled to talk about a hockey related but non hockey issue that affects mil- tens of millions of people yeah this is not a small marginalized group of a few thousand folks out there that are just you know like oh this is fun to be you know have people jump on us like no no this is tens of millions of people once again if you are listening and you're like oh i don't know any gay people you do they don't feel comfortable telling you
0: yeah
1: that's a you thing and, and i'm not saying you're actively like uh, you know i'm not saying like like you're, you know, you're a hateful person. I'm just saying like they, they may just not know where you stand. Yeah. So l- l- let them know where you stand and be like, Hey, I, whoever you, you know, wh- if you're a good person, I'm going to be okay with that. that that's what matters, right? That's all that I care about. I, I don't look at anything other than, do you seem like a decent human being? Do you treat other people as decent human beings? If the answer is yes, we'll get along. Great. If the answer is no. Yeah. we're We're probably not going to get along regardless of anything else about you.
2: Yeah and here here's the thing Brad and and I'll try to direct this to to good times and stuff we've got uh, you know we're under a month for the big event in Raleigh where you and I are going to be there for for 4 days and celebrating a team that we love and stuff like that you can be dang sure that this jersey is going to be worn
1: i think i'm wearing mine for the 16th for Hall of Fame game
2: you know what and and the Hall of Fame game uh, like I'll be wearing my old school uh, my old school New England Whalers jersey I got my, my one of my good friends joining me he's got the other opposite ver- wear of that one and we're going to wear it's gonna it look there great. but make no mistake I'm proud to wear this I'm proud to show this flag because we mean it And not because we're holier than now, and pardon the religious reference there. Not because we think that we're better than you. It's just the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, I've I've told a bunch of people like for
2: everyone. We
1: have we have a lot of people who listen to the program who are part of the community, and if you know, if y'all want need a dad hug or just you know whatever, like I'm there. Hundred percent. You know, if, if if I've said something or done something that you didn't that you disagree with or didn't like, tell me. I, I'm open. I'm trying to learn. Right. Uh yeah. you no, know, for me being an ally for for people who, you know, have been marginalized is mostly about being willing to change and listen when people tell you, okay, well, what you're saying or doing doesn't, you know, isn't right or or doesn't jive or, you know, because you're right. We, yeah. we we don't speak for that community. I'm not part of that community but I am here to say that I support that community. And if there's ways that I can support that community better, reach out, tell me.
2: 100%. Always, the is always open. 100%. Just like the Storm Cellar. The Storm Cellar door is always open. And we are so thankful that Tom Workrate joined us here in the studio. Tom. Absolutely, good stuff. Uh, your contributions have been amazing. And it's un, you know uh, unfortunate that we have to end on that note but i'm bringing it back to the amazing guest that you have been the insight that you've offered the fact that we've hired you on as our cba uh you know expert to join us when we need to talk cba we're going to be contacting you tom you've made this episode amazing
1: And thanks for all you you. do for the junior canes. And and I'm going to try and tweet at the canes to see if they can share some more information about the first goal program. And just, you know, because that those are awesome initiatives. That's how you grow the game. Like that's what you're doing is a big part of what your son is doing, right, is a is a part of growing the game to a wider audience. And that's what we as hockey fans love to see.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the the first goal program has grown so much since my son was uh, participated in it that first year, um, and just seeing uh, how hockey has grown in the Triangle and seeing all these like uh, the House League and the Junior Canes and there's several other uh, organizations here, the the Raleigh Raptors, the NC Golden Bears. I mean, for an area that uh, isn't traditionally known for winter sports necessarily uh, and that doesn't necessarily have that many ice rinks so to see that many local travel hockey organizations plus the house leagues that are there it, it it's great to see um, and just the positive influence that the Canes have had uh, again working with both the junior Keynes and other organizations uh things like the capital city crew which is uh an organization that uh kind of works in conjunction with the boys and girls club uh of the triangle to get um, the people in those programs involved with hockey um it it's just really great to see what uh, how hockey kind of we we spent a period of time here talking about the uh, unfortunately how hockey is kind of pushing some groups out seemingly and that type of thing but it's it's also great to see at least on on the youth level how much it's actually bringing groups together and hopefully there's that positive momentum that's happening that will again make the game a better place and you know not not sound overly sappy but make the world a better place you know
1: (laughs) yeah hopefully our kids can do better than us right Hopefully we teach yeah. them, and and they can do better. Just like we, hopefully, are trying to do better than our folks. I mean, yep, yeah. I think it's wonderful.
2: Um, thank you so much, Tom, and 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 Brad. Very quickly, let's uh, let's reach out to our um, our listeners to the podcast if they want to find us, contact us. There's a number of ways that you can do so. Uh, Brad, I'll let you take care of your part. I'll share mine.
1: Sure, uh, stormceller97 at gmail uh, Twitter storm 97 on Mastodon uh, storm seller 97 at uh, I gotta kind of forgot which network it is, but if you search for that, I think you start to find it. Um, and those are the best ways to do it.
2: hundred percent. And uh, if I, like, I don't have that much uh, as far as uh, tied directly to uh storm but if you want to, if you want to follow me, if you want to chat, you whatever uh, on Twitter, you'll find me at, at, judge wapner 10 a name that i gained uh, very proudly in my connection to uh this franchise and uh yeah feel free to drop us a line uh, I also uh, we do have a blog which i found out about just this week uh, <laughs> i totally very popular blog know. a very popular blog but uh, i'm going to start uh, making a few more uh, posts and and sharing information not just about the trip coming up because the most recent uh, post on the blog that I made was me doing the countdown for uh, next month and explaining uh, the excitement that is involved in that and the reasons why. Uh, but I'll cover other things as well. Uh, I've always enjoyed writing. And now that I know we have a blog, I'm going to make Brad my editor. He's going to look over things, make sure that I'm speaking for us properly. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some fun with it. This is going to be great. Uh, we always uh, want you to get in contact with us, reply to anything that we put out there. Okay. Anything. We're big, we're big boys. We're both very similar in size and looks. Tom can verify that. He sees our faces. He thinks <laughs> we're probably uh, long lost brothers from different mothers. It's just unbelievable. Um, but, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up with this. And we've covered a lot of great topics. We've covered a lot of awesome things. Uh, We're down to that point where uh, I guess we have one more thing to say, but for the life of me, I can't remember. Brad, a little help? Go Canes! Go Canes!
1: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a Kaniac or a bunch of jerks, doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us via email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.